are listening to the Two Up Top Football Podcast with me, Stephen Cotton, and Gav Mack. And Good afternoon. We're just going to we're going to go straight into it, aren't we? What what, what are we going with first? I, I think there's going to be a big chunk of the show, and we have to start there. And yeah. that is Everton one, Tottenham Hotspur one. That was played yesterday at uh, the four thirty game. VAR, good friend of ours. We're in sponsorship with them as well. Might as well be. Well, two in, change it to two in the booth. We might as well change yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's almost like they're far in the booth. Um, Spurs, without Kane as well. Yeah. Uh, he, was, uh, he had a virus, so it was Lucas Moura who ran the line, which I don't understand why he's not starting enough games uh, at the moment for, for Tottenham. They need him, clearly. Um, I need to I need to say early doors as well. Deli Ali did score in the game, and that's now thirty nine games in which he's scored for Tottenham, and they've failed to lose. Yeah, how many have they won in them though? Oh. I, I, we'll, we'll talk about the before we get on to all the controversy. <coughs> we'll talk about the football inside of things first. Uh, genuinely, the first 15, 20, 25 minutes of the game. What has happened to Christian Eriksen? It's just he's, he's just now, the deadest baller I've ever like. He just—I don't know whether he genuinely wanted to move in the summer, and now he's literally like uh, uh, he's on holiday mode and he's he's mentally clocked out until January until he goes. But he just looks like he just doesn't want to play. But why didn't Christian Eriksen do what Aaron Ramsey did last year? He knows he's on the move, or he was looking for a move. So put in every time he played, he put in performance of his life to ensure that he did get the move that he wanted to. Christian Eriksen isn't doing that. He's actually looking the other way. But the problem is, he's still such a big name, isn't he? That people are still and because his contract's up in January, uh, in um, June. So come yeah, January, can come get, January, yeah. people can come and. So he, he doesn't care. He honestly looks like he just doesn't care. At the moment, though, I could feel that it will be joining the Castilla side of Real Madrid rather than the first team. Yeah. He's not doing too well. Um, ben Davis was skipper. Yeah, that was quite interesting. I thought he's yeah. been there for a while. He has been there for a while. Um, who was playing centre? Who was playing centre back? It was Sanchez and yeah, yeah Sanchez and the If it was the tongue, that's a bit weird that it was. Yeah, that's what you do for sleeping with other people's wives. Um, Mina <laughs> on Sun. Um, that was probably the first major talking point of the game. Um, completely unaware. Me, uh, I felt Mina was is. Made some form of challenge, is then rolled over and caught Son. Now, do you think that's a penalty? Well, he hasn't even made a challenge, right? Son has sent him for a hot dog, and he <laughs> he has gone down. So it's like the big show falling over the top rope. Like he's gone down in stages, and then for me, it's not intentional, but it's a penalty because Son's sent him, and he's fallen down, and as he's on the floor, he's rolled over, and for me, there's enough contact that it stopped Son getting to the ball. And it's taken him down. You're giving a pen for that? I'm giving a pen. Well, oh, I don't know. His role, his role is not known anywhere where he is. It wasn't as bad as Aurier a couple of weeks no. ago where he's got up, he's done everything he needed to do and then swiped at your man. He's rolled. He has no idea where, has, the, ball okay. is, where the man has is. It, ha, yeah, okay, but has, has he got any of the ball? No. Has he, has, he take, has he made contact with Son? Yes. Has he, has he stopped Son from progressing into the box? Oh, it feels like the lab books yes or no thing. Come on, uh, man. Has, like, no, you're has, sending me down the river now. <laughs> has, 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 he, has he stopped Son from, from whatever he was going to do, whether he was going cut, like, to cut the ball back across? He has, he has. Then, I understand that. And for me, if that is anywhere, I hate this cliche, anywhere on the pitch, you're giving a free kick for that. Yeah, well, it's gone to it's gone to VAR. VAR said no. Clear, big sign on the screen saying no penalty. We're about to reconvene with play. Martin Atkinson goes back to his ear. What's that about? I, I, I genuinely don't think the refs know what... Because 
like me and you were just talking about this just before we went on and saying that the um the thing that everyone's getting confused about is the clear and obvious yeah which i, I i've heard two or three different interpretations from um what the fa have said what the referees have said but so that wasn't a clear and obvious enough mistake to overrule the decision the referee had made yeah but they've gone back to it, and that's what I think the whole of the stadium, even Spurs fans, I reckon even they turned round and were like, hold on a minute, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, and that, I think that's what wound a lot of people up. Anyway, silly stuff. That's what I wrote. But do you know what? I don't understand why we are not showing on the screens the replays of what they're reviewing. Because the fans are left in the dark, so they're wondering what's taking four or five minutes. And if you haven't, obviously we've got the luxury of seeing four or five replays. Mm. They, for all they think that Son's dived or whatever, like it just builds that horrible, hostile atmosphere in the stadium that was ever present during this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- because of situations like that, it's yeah. Um, a few moments later, then you've got Sanchez on Richarlison. That's gone to VAR. No pen. Uh, 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 that 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 is as bad as the Tottenham, the, the Tongan on Delafeu. That was a pen, and it wasn't given. I don't. And, Gazaniga on fire again. I did enjoy that. That's uh, two weeks on the spin. I, I think I really think Larice is going to um, struggle when he comes back. I reckon they're just going to put him walking straight back into the team. They and that's so they unfair. Be. They say it's because he's a leader on and off the pitch. For me, no, Gazaniga has proved every reason why he's, he's a great number two. We always talk about the best number two in the Premier League is Sergio Romero, and we've not had any reason to argue any different for that. Until these last he's, two performances, yeah, he's, he's pushing them. He's, put, he's putting the, the shout out there. Guys, he's, he's Argentinian. Argentinian, yeah. Oh, pretty well. Putting cat amongst the pigeons there. Um, second half starts. Uh, not really a lot going on, but then Deli Ali he bags one nil. And as I said before, Deli Ali that's now thirty nine games in which he's scored, and he has failed to be on the losing side for for club. It, it was a really good goal as well. Really, really well worked. Um, Although whoever it was, whoever was wearing number two, that whoever um, um, Holgate, Holgate, I understand that Ali's almost an, he's in, he's in like a shoulder drop and like a fake shot and kind of turn. Holgate's literally turned his back on it and just uh, he's just like before he's even shot, he's just kind of like swivelled at him and he's walked past him. I just it's a good it's a good move and it's a good finish, but the defending is. Absolutely criminal. Yeah, criminal. Uh, that well, that is Everton, and uh, every week we we do have our section of what are Everton, and uh, that, he, that uh, has exactly nailed that on the head. Ali, um, with the celebration as well, gave a little uh, gave a shush, and then after the game, he said it was uh, for his friend. Well, he went he went uh, slept on on the floor because he is getting a lot of stick at the moment for for sleeping a lot during the games. But he, he turned up because right, he had a lot to do. For me, that's rightly so. He hasn't been good enough for the last, for the last eighteen months. Him and I know Lingard takes a bashing as well, but them two for club and country over the last eighteen months, should, they neither of them should be near a national side. Yeah, I agree. Um, another bar situation. Cross comes in, Deli Ali, handball, VAR check, not given. Before I go on a rant about it, penalty, what are you saying? All day. It's, it's Arms un- in a natural position. It's unbelievable. It's um, clearly hit his arm. I know that the, the, their defence for it and uh, what the, the explanation we were given was um, that I think it was Mina had put a shoulder, yeah, had put a shoulder in. It's nothing to do with put a shoulder in him. No, he it, hasn't. He's hand- gone up to try and win the header. He's missed the header. He's not... 
He's not made contact with Ali. Ali's made contact with him. And whilst he's up in the air, it strikes Ali's hand. What's Ali? Six, six, two, six, four? Yeah, six, four. Yeah, six, four, yeah. Tall, yeah. And he's hands above, his, tall. hands above his head. And <laughs> the thing is, the re- the three or four replays we watched, when they were taking, and they took a, a ridiculous amount of time to look at this. Mm. And every replay they showed, I was thinking, get on with it then. Okay, award the penalty. Like, come yeah. on, come on. And like I said, that was building the atmosphere in the stadium. That took four or five minutes to mm. watch that whole thing, and then to end up not even awarding the penalty. Farcical. The, the stadium that that was, if what was going to happen further on in the game didn't happen, something was going to happen. It yeah, was, it, it, was, it was rife. It was a horrible between all twenty-two. But we're both saying handball. We're both saying penalty. All and, day and long. Do you know what the annoying thing is? This awful, 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 inconsistent rule at the minute. If it was the other way around and he'd scored. The goal would be chalked out. Yeah, it's, it's like ha- it happened in for Man City uh, against Tottenham yeah. actually at the beginning of the season. Humble should be humble. That this that, that rule is just ridiculous, and I reckon that will be changed. It, it's it's got to. Season. It really needs to. Um, a moment of of sorrow happened towards the end of the game. Son's challenge on Andre Gomez. Uh, Aurier then sort of lands on Gomez's leg. Is is broken and dislocated his ankle. It's a yellow card was originally given, and they've seen the replay has got been upgraded to a red. Is that the correct decision? Would you say? Y- uh, yes and no. It's tough. I'm isn't leaning. It? I'm leaning towards, towards more towards yes. Sorry, because there is there's no malice to try and hurt the player, mm. but Son is behind Gomez, never going to reach the ball. Mm. He's, it's a dangerous lunge. It, there's no way he could have imagined that he's going to stumble and hit yeah. Aurier or whatever. But, and people were saying, oh, he had a yellow card out and he only gave the card because he's, he's, he saw the severity of the injury. Mm. And to be fair, I think that's the right decision to make because, okay, if it, it could be seen as they were like, oh, okay, well, maybe he was just thinking, oh, God, this is bad. But if, if you see that lunge and then you see, oh, God, he's, he's broken his leg now, because it all happened at very, very high. Because yeah. Son does come in at some pace as well. Well, it's rapid. And I think, like I said, with the tension in the stadium... With all the all the VR decisions they got wrong or whatever, and even the players were it was very very palpable. Yeah, and I think they just someone someone had to go off for that situation. Yeah, and I think it, it if Son didn't go, I think Aurier got substituted as well, didn't he? Yeah, he got substituted. No, I don't know. Whether, I don't know whether that was a case of for it, he it was distraught sort of thing, or if it was a case of get him off because a lot of players were upset by it. In, including Son as well he was absolutely Son, distraught Son isn't that kind of guy it's it's not meant with any malice or he's not he's definitely not tried to injure him but it's a cynical it's a cynical foul and it's, it's just a, it's just a really unfortunate series of events that led to him breaking his leg it's a reckless challenge which is a yellow card reckless is deemed in the laws of the game as a foul it's as simple as uh, as a yellow card it's as simple as that um I don't feel that if the referee allowed him to stay on the field of play, they could have continued with that. There's, there's, there's no way that he wouldn't have got, got chopped down or something like that. Something would have happened. It would have, it would have ended really badly, and you, you, you can't do. Yeah, that. I, th- I think it was the right decision to. It's almost like a safety yeah. for the player. Yeah, I, 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 someone, someone commented on the page earlier when we were talking about, and they made a, um, they asked a good question: Is there a scenario where? Um, an official could almost take him off the pitch without sending him off. Or maybe go to the bench and say, 
Enforce a serve. Sort sort of like look, I'm 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 leaning on the way of a red, but I'll I'll drop him a yellow if you get him off. Just just for everyone's The issue is can, that you, you can, can. In, in a friendly match like race course pitch twelve, yeah. you can get away with that. But 100%. if you've had all three substitutions and that sort of thing happens, that's not gonna happen. Obviously, um, I, I I don't know if the message will ever reach him, but even us two here at Two Up Top wish uh hope that he has a speedy, speedy recovery. recovery. Yeah, um, they said today that he had a very successful operation. Well, a dislocation is probably the best thing that could have happened for yeah. him because it's only a fracture as well. And la- was last year, two years ago, I did, I did my dislocation fracture yeah. on both tendons in my ankle. And then decided it. within two days to stick on a pair of Tims. That's yeah. what you do. Uh, there was an equaliser and it was just deserved. Calvert-Lewin, what a move, by the way. It was the uh, Tosin got a goal. Was it tight? Well, no, no, no. They, they both they kind of both went together. It, it, it originally looked like um, it was Lewis, Tosin, wasn't it? But it was Tosin. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It was. Um, was it? I think Yerry Mina drilled a, yeah. a, a forty-yard diagonal, and then the first time cross from yeah. Dinia. It was a great goal. Naughty, naughty, naughty. And to be fair, I think it was deserved. But I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen a game where so little has happened. And has been so eventful. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, a painful game of football to watch. Yeah, it 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 really Excuse was. Excuse the pun. It it really was painful. And right at the end, there was um, Sanchez on Charleston, no foul given. Uh, I I put in my notes, what's the point? Um, <laughs> I, I said, like I said to you earlier, um, Sanchez hasn't meant it, but it's the same thing with the meaner thing. Sanchez is he doesn't realise he like Charleston's gonna nick the ball off him, so he's yeah. swinging his foot to get the ball, and. We, Richarlison's nipped in front and he's clipped him. Not intentional, mm. but it stopped him making the way through to goal. So it, it, it's a foul. Yeah. And they barred it. And again, what's the point? Um, just before we move on from the Tottenham thing, um, we'll have a quick what are Everton again. Um, Favourite section of the show. It, it genuinely is, who knows anymore. Like they, don't, they don't defend well. I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know what they are. I don't think they know. No. But I think another what a Spurs like, and and this isn't this isn't a um, trying to make myself feel better or, or United look better, but it, it blows my mind that we're having, as everyone will say, the worst season we've ever had, and we've got the worst squad of players, and we're absolutely atrocious. What Spurs excuse? Yeah. Where where is all the pressure on Poch? They're on the they're in the Champions League final last year. Yeah. Is is that why he's getting the leeway because he got them to got them there or what is it? Because their squad is definitely better than ours. Yeah. Uh, they like. The man- I still think man for man they've got one of the best. Yeah, they starting eleven in the Premier League. And, and Poch is supposed to be the second coming, and I just I I, I think I I see a few Spurs fans are starting to grow tired of it and. But the media aren't jumping on his back because he's one of those he's people who's likeable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah if that's exactly. anyone else. Who is likeable at the moment is Brendan Rodgers. And Brendan Rodgers is doing a fantastic job. Leicester have lost two games this season. And I'm still flabbergasted as to how they lost both of those games. One against <laughs> one, Manchester yeah. United. The other one uh, in a 1-0 defeat via a penalty after eight minutes. And then the Mane situation at the end of the game when they lost 2-1. Against Liverpool, they on uh, yesterday's game as well. So they went over, they went down to Palace and they won two 0 It took a while for them to get, well, not for them to get going, for the game, game to get though. going, really and truly. But the I, second half, Leicester truly in control and they fully deserve their two. The only thing that happened in the first half was um, Ayu. It was it was a nice Palace move and Ayu edge of the box put it in like Rose Edberg stand sort of thing. Yeah. So it wasn't the second half was much better. Um, 
And we've spoken about him a couple of times, and the, I, I think the, the best thing Leicester did was sell Maguire. Yeah, give Sanchi more chance, yeah. more chance because uh, Sanchi signed at Christmas last year, yeah. and he didn't really get much of a shout last year because they were fixed on Evans. They still played a bit of Morgan, and then clearly Maguire was still there as well. But Maguire going, everyone was like, "Oh, that's a big rock, that a big part of the jigsaw that Leicester are missing at the back." They go up with their four-one-four-one situation, and then loving life. Well, Johnny Evans has stepped up a lot as well. He looks alright, but they're going to have to look at replacing him very soon. Well, he is thirty-four. 35. Exactly, he's getting on now. Uh, even in in, in centre half life, Sanchez's goal was was pretty nice though. It was, it, like the, the header, sort of like, yeah, but sort of like crouched down and was able to still guide good, his header. Good finish. No, that was nice. Um, and the the second goal was with a lovely little move with Gray and Vardy. Gray's little uh, dummy. Went through to Vardy, passed it back to to Gray. He's crossed it in, and, and he's found his man. Nice little celebration as well from Vardy. Cheeky, uh, yeah. He is. Eagle. He is literally like the, the one of those annoying players on FIFA that will watch every celebration. And he does it in front. Of, he, he loves doing it in front of the away fans as well. Yeah. He will never, never go to to his fans, uh, the home fans. Sorry, he will never go to the travelling fans. He does it in front of the home fans to warm them up a bit more. Yeah. Um, and this is going to sound like we bang on about this every week, but how good was Madison in that game? Every and Tielemans, them two, their chemistry is is borderline sexual now, isn't it? Every pass Madison makes just looks effortless and it's just... 22 years old. I know. It's lovely. Are Leicester dark horses for the Premier League? We've got, we're banging on about them being top four. I think they're, I think they're now on the top well, four. Well, I think the, th- if you, the way we're looking at it now, we always say 10 games in is the measuring stick and... What the level of points for City aren't they? Uh, level or two points behind? They were there about. Yeah. So if we're saying that City is still in with a shout, then well, Leicester have got more points at the moment than they did in the season when they went on to win it. So when you look at it like that, they're I, I, on track. I don't think that I, I, I can't see them winning the league. I've said that before, but I can't see them winning <laughs> the league. But I think this is one of those seasons again where, other than. Um, City and Liverpool and even they're trying their best at the minute City, City and Liverpool nobody wants to win this league everyone's all it's almost the like the top four race between third and sixth last yeah, year like, isn't it no one Tottenham, wants it Tottenham are woeful at the minute United are woeful at the minute Arsenal can't hold a lead like everyone but even Liverpool and City they got their wins at the weekend weren't convincing no and, and Liverpool have been like that all season they're grinding out their results and that's what champions do yeah that's true but they have been far too, far too vulnerable this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're going to round up a couple of games which have no bearing on life. Um, <laughs> Brighton to Norwich nil. Um, Steeperman, he, cre- he created a lovely, well, bagged himself a bit of space and ended up hitting the bar. And I'll, if that had gone in, that's got one of the goals of the not just the month, but probably could've, one could've of the goals of the season. Yeah. Just the way the way he got himself around. Um, they did take the lead, however, with the Montoya cross. Trussard, who got an assist last week, com- um, coming off the bench this week, he started and there he was at the near post. Great finish. And then his cross from a free kick, which Duffy, who didn't start the game for whatever reason, I'm confused by that. No, 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 but no. it's Duffy and Dunk, that's it. That's their back line. But he, he didn't start the game. He came off the bench and he got at the far post with a two... Uh, to make it 2-0 and, and Brighton got themselves another victory and Graham Potter seems to be starting to settle down into Premier League life now. Yeah, I would say... What are we looking at? Brighton. So, I, I'm really, really, really... Well, not really worried, but not, Norwich are done, aren't they? They haven't won in the Premier League since they since beat City. They beat City. Uh, I think... And that, that's one of those games where 
their style of football worked so well that they could just hit City on the break. Mm. When they've actually got to go and break down teams themselves. Yeah. I mean, P- Pookie's great in the box, but you've got to get him the ball in the box. Yeah. You- you've got to create the chances well, for him. And it's, he started it's just off the season happening. very nicely, but he's, I think he's realising that the Premier League is a tough league. It's not his fault. I think, no, I think def- definitely not. But people have found him out and have, like, defenders get a little bit closer to him because he hasn't got blistering pace. He has to outsmart you. But like I said, there's no one is creating the opportunities for him to make Very smart true. Space. And they didn't start with Cantwell this week. And he's the only person that seems to be able to get a tune out of Pookie. So that confused me somewhat as well. But yeah, Norwich looked destined for, uh, for the drop. Um, one team that looked like they were going to be destined for the drop before they came up However, have turned into a little surprise package, haven't they? That's Sheffield United. They won three 0 at home to Burnley with three first half goals as well. They um, Mousset, least Mousset, is the worst striker <laughs> yeah. in the history of mankind. Since that Arsenal game, which no one really expected him to start that game, by the way, everyone expected either McBurney or Robinson to start that game, but they chose to go with uh, least Mousset, who ended up getting a goal. In the one 0 win for them, he bowed last week. He's then technically got himself a hat trick of uh, assists as yeah. well this week. Uh, the first one definitely, uh, definitely an assist. And the reason why I say that is Lundstrom, who got a brace, should have got a hat trick as well. To be fair, but it was Lundstrom uh, who opened the scoring. It was Musa's flick. He's, he's, he's just, he looked like the complete striker in that game. Yeah. I was thinking, wow, who is this guy? And the second one, he sort of like mishit. The, the shot was. It, it was the cross was for him, yeah, and it's, it's flicked off his foot, but it's landing in the path of Lundstrom, who ends up getting um, getting himself a brace. And just before half time, Mousset showed real target man strength. Ball comes into him, shrugging people off, saying, "No, I've got this. This is my situation." I almost swore then. Um, finds <laughs> finds uh, John Fleck, who had a lot to do. He ran all the way through, and then gets himself on the score sheet himself to take take the 3-0 into the break. That's the first time that they've scored three goals and a half in the Premier League. Don't get me wrong, it's only their third season in the Premier League since 1993. My, um, we, we've got quite an affinity to Sheffield United because obviously they've got um, Chris Wilder who took Northampton up. Um, someone we, we, we know, Callum Robinson, yeah, who we plays, do. plays for Sheffield United. But I think my, my little nugget of love for Sheffield United is finally seeing football manager 05 superstar 16 year old John Fleck he's actually made it he hasn't done a Freddie Adu he's actually in the Premier League doing doing bits and do you know what Sheffield United look they're they're so good I think we touched on it a few weeks ago about that they're one of those teams that when they came up they didn't need to make a lot of big name signings which is against the grain look at Villa they spent Nearly two hundred million. Yeah. Um, but Sheffield United have got such a team cohesion, and they all play for each other, which is exactly what Wilder got Cobblers doing. It's we what got Oxford doing. He instilled what it he all got in Sheffield United doing from the early days yeah. when he took them over when they were what six points adrift yeah. um, at, at, at the drop zone, and then getting themselves into points still. Like they, they they've adjusted to life real, really well. And I think the thing is as well when they signed. Well, Phil Jackie Elkin, we thought, oh, well, he's going to go straight into that team. I don't think he's going to get a look in all season. No, I don't and, think and they and need and, him either. No, exactly. Unless they get a smaller team in a, in a cup round or something, I think Jags is on the on the bench 
unless there's an injury. I think Jax is doing everything he needs to do from a backwards point of view. He's it's probably, almost he's like he's doing, a, is he doing his coaches, coaches he is badges, doing his coaching yeah, badges yeah, as sense, well. Yeah. And I think he's a massive influence to everybody. Yeah. The guy's got X amount of caps for Angleterre. You know, he's played at the top level for a number of years now. Like I think he's doing everything he can from the uh, from the dressing room point of view, not as a, as a manager or a coach, but using his experience to assist the boys. And what I love about Sheffield United as well is that they are pretty much, all bar one, a British and Irish team. Yeah. And I love that. Henderson, is he is he ready to start for England now? I don't know. I don't know. I, I over Pickford all day but, uh, for me. But, well, we, we literally last week, and we said, and I used the term, an abundance of centre-backs. I've got something to say on that in a, in a later bit of the show as well. But I think we have a real problem with we've got a lot of half decent goalkeepers. Yeah. No standouts. Um, Henderson's young. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, I read the stat earlier that he's made the the third most fo- uh, final final pass, not final passes, but it's, it's something about made like forward motion forward passes into, yeah. the, in the, into the opponent's half. Only Trent and someone else has done more. But it's weird because they don't play Route One. No. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of them will probably be diagonals like out, onto yeah. the, out onto the halfway line and stuff, but it, it's still early for him. And I think, to be honest with the lad, he obviously is a United player, and I think he might have to either have a very long loan at Sheffield United or go there because if Dave's staying for the next three, four years, yeah, he he will get stunted just being a cup keeper. So he will, yeah. Um, West Ham. West Ham, they are winless in the Premier League since beating Man United. <laughs> that is a running thing. Like, everyone beats us and then just goes... <laughs> yeah, it's mad. I think they would have felt quite comfortable going into this game against a Newcastle side that haven't shown much form either since beating Manchester United. Well, Newcastle, now... Newcastle blew them away in the first 15 well, minutes. They right? did. It should have been a lot more. The final score was West Ham 2, Newcastle 3. That scoreline does not tell the whole picture that's now six games in all competitions with no win uh, for West Ham where are they going are they are they Everton do you know what? It's, it's annoying as well because they've got um, they've got a half decent squad as well like last season Philippe Anderson was the new Neymar and, yeah. now, and now this season is Cleberson yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> um, yeah they are a very very comfortable mid-table team. Like I don't think they'll ever be in trouble of going down again, but they'll. I don't think they're in any trouble of pulling up any trees. Yeah, I, I can't see them breaking the top six, let alone top eight at the moment, if I'm honest. Um, Kieran Clark over and scoring. 1-0 is Shelby's free kick that's headed back across goal from Joe Linton. Now, I complain about Joe Linton every week on the show. What he did there was pretty decent set of forward yeah. play as well, wasn't well, that, it? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what they brought him for. Yeah. Like, his hold-up play and bringing others into the game. Um, it's nice to see a big striker. You don't have to always be a goal scorer. You can be the link-up man yeah. as well. Uh, a bit like Heskey in his later days. Everyone takes the mickey out of Heskey. But he went on 39 games stretch without scoring a goal and he got 20 direct assists in that 39-game period. So be careful when you start cussing out Emil Ivanhoe 
Heskey. Uh, his record speaks for itself as well, Heskey. But... It does indeed. Uh, Newcastle made it 2-0 very quickly after. Um, it was a lovely cross from Jetro Willems as well. What a great signing that is. Uh, we, uh, I just remember you absolutely lambasting him when they... When we were, what, what game were we watching? They brought Willems on and they put him on the left wing and it was like, it looked like he'd never played a game before. Yeah, right. I, was, I was against the Arsenal. Well, yeah, I was the Arsenal. <laughs> first game of the season. It looked like he'd never <laughs> played a game of football in his life. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a good goal. Yeah, he loved it. Bad goalkeeper, would you say? Because uh, Fernandes... Uh, got the header. It's his first goal for for Newcastle. Uh, first goal in the Premier League since he was playing out at, at Swansea as well. He R- Ricardo. Keith is missing for both goals, mate. I don't know. <laughs> it's not. It's not a very good number no, two. We were talking about number twos earlier in the show. He is not a very good number two. Um, Sam Maximam should have made it three. He is twice. He has got to be up there with one of the fastest men in the Premier League. Yeah. He with no end product. He's so small and agile that. His pace is even more deceiving because he's just he's gone. Yeah, and uh, so he he broke through. He, he broke through. Um, he, he, yeah, he's gone one on one with the goalkeeper. He shouldn't have made it twice, but then he was unselfishly tried to set up Almiron. Yeah, who um, he had a clear shot on goal because it was the referee who took Cresswell out. Yeah, and I think Cresswell was looking out for a penalty, and they shot Atwell going. Ah, oh, sorry, mate, that was me. And did Almiron <laughs> score? Yeah. No, he didn't. No, I was saying, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a classic story that Amaron just cannot buy a goal. Well, it's not going for you. It, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a good save slash block in the end to get to to stop it from going in. Oh yeah, but he had all the time in the world. He I has, think he, that's when you he, he's overthinking that. If he had, if he was flying with confidence first time. Oh like, yeah, he wouldn't bat an eyelid. Yeah. That's the thing when you when you're lacking confidence as a striker. And yeah, it's it's so difficult. But once you get your goal, you're normally flying away with that. Um, just before half time, Balbuena almost pulled one back, and I think it was an absolutely fantastic save from yeah. Dubravska. Um, second half goes in. It's Shelby with his thirty first attempt at a free a direct free kick, and he finally bags one. Marcus Rashford syndrome. Yeah, he's ran to the other end of the pitch. Not so. Addy by your style because he went to his own fans rather than the opposition but he was happy about that once again goalkeeper qualms I think I don't think he had a very good game if we we could just blanket cover that and just say he didn't have a good game yeah I, I, I'm, I'm happy to go with that um, Balbuena did bag in the end that's his first goal of the season that was from a corner poor defending and I think what happened with that goal was a little bit like this is what Newcastle are. I think they got lucky that they had already. Uh, I think three, three nil. They kind of jobs jobs are good. They, sh- they should never ever think like that. Yeah, no, they definitely shouldn't. <laughs> I, I think, should be thinking that. I way. think that that's kind of what happened. And um, yeah, they let they let West Ham back into the game, and it could have been completely could have been completely different if they'd have uh, West Ham would have taken a few more of their chances. Yeah, and if um, Snodgrass's goal, if that was a little bit. Earlier in the game, that was about like 10 15 minutes ago. Yeah. That was that was a bit too late for them in the end. Lanzina's assist was absolutely fit. Um, and then it was a low volley from, from Snodgrass. No goalkeeper, I think, is saving that. I think the way he did it, there was bodies in the box. The goalkeeper was completely unsighted. I think it was, it was, it was a lovely goal. It was almost uh, unfortunate that Newcastle had such a good first half that that goal won't get looked at in the way that it should. If that was... If that was any leading player in world football, they see that, we're going to be like, wow, what a goal. Yeah. But it's, it's Robert Snodgrass. One thing I would say, though, um, Newcastle are very quick to jump on management when it's not going well. Steve Bruce isn't doing a terrible job. If, you, if you'd have said to me three weeks ago that out of the next three games that were United, 
and then West Ham away and whoever they've had in between, they'd, they'd get at least six points out of it. Would you have laughed at me? Oh, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And then, and then, then we're getting it. The issue is with Steve Bruce is that, yes, they score three goals, but it's the, it's the first time in, in like two years now, or two, two to three years, that Newcastle scored three goals in the game. But uh, let alone three, two goals. It's the first time under Bruce that they scored two goals in a game, and that's not good enough. I don't think the squad's very good, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Newcastle are not a very good squad. No. Uh, they want to be a big club. They're not. They're um, the only club. In a in a major city, um, Watford one, Chelsea two. Um, that's five league wins on the spin now for Chelsea. Uh, I, I'm, I think I said it last week as well. I have to fully hold my hands up and say I was wrong about Chelsea and Frank this year. I thought they were really going to struggle, mm. um, but they are they are doing they are doing wonders. And I'm actually concerned about when their transfer ban does get lifted. Are they going to go out there and try and buy every big name going? Because I don't think they really need to at the they moment. Don't They've need got to. a nice little situation going there. It'd be annoying if they did. Again, I was watching uh, I was watching this game with um, MSNBC commentary and it was uh, Graham and Lee Dixon. And it was rolling me up a little bit because again, they were going on about, oh, it's amazing how he's using the youth. And it's like, come on, man. He hasn't just discovered these players. Like, mm-hmm. And they were saying... It's amazing how the loan system has worked out for Chelsea. It's like it's worked out for them, not for the right reasons. By default, they, they've been caught, <laughs> they've been caught short and they've been really lucky. But you you cannot tell me if they had a transfer ban that Tomori and players like that would be yeah playing. Mount wouldn't they, be wouldn't, playing. they wouldn't be playing. Abraham wouldn't be no, playing. No, not not in but a million years. What I find years. funny about the Abraham situation is they were desperate to keep hold of him anyway. Yeah, because he could have been he could have. They could have moved him on. They knew they had Giroud. They knew they had Batshuayi. They could have made a signing for a striker when they went in for Pulisic, but they chose not to. Do you think that Chelsea may have seen something in Abraham, who's now got eight Premier League goals as well, by the way, in him to say, right, this guy has the potential to lead the line and we're going to give him an opportunity? Bear in mind you've got that experience on the bench. Yeah, yes and no. Um... I th- obviously they know he's good because they've seen him last season mm. um, and I know it's the championship but it's always a good indication that if someone scores 20 plus goals in the championship you're able to do something in yeah. the big boy league so I think, I think they are looking to the future with him but I th- again I don't think that would have happened if, without a transfer ban. very true but he, he, he did bag his goal was good it was good but once again Watford poor defending Watford have only got 6 goals in the Premier League now this season as well um, that Ball through. It's right. It is a wonderful pass. However, <laughs> it's made to look ten times better because even the commentators were like, "Oh wow, we split the defense in half for that ball." Listen, the defense was split. Moses could have walked through there. It was that ball went. No, Moses. Oh, Moses is still at Chelsea. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, like you, you could have you could have driven two trucks through the gap between those yeah. backs. It was. Uh, it doesn't. It was. It was. It was pretty one route one football because it was a nice pass. Mm. But it was a pass from the halfway line through two centre backs for a one on one with a keeper. Yeah, but it doesn't get much easier than that, does it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, VAR did get involved in this game as well. Jorginho on Delafeu. You ever pen for that? Is that what they the one they gave it for? Yeah. Not in a million years. I cannot even believe. Um, Again, going back to what what does clear and obvious mean then? Because it, it's scandalous it's even gone to VAR. Yeah. Someone has watched that replay and still decided that's a penalty. That's mm. the baffling thing. 
and I'll, we keep banging on about saying the ref should be looking at the monitors. Someone else that is not officiating that game of football has decided that that is a penalty. Yeah, I agree. Um, I must say, there is a comment here uh, from Matty Bonacici. Thanks for watching. I know you, and I know you're a referee as well. And if you are still watching, if you could just like leave a little comment as to whether you think that's a penalty. And if, um, that's the Jorginho on Delefeu in the uh, Watford 1-Chelsea 2 game. Um I, I I don't understand what they were looking at there as well. I, I just don't um, get it, man. But um, but yeah, if if you are able to leave a comment, or if there are any other referees that are watching the show, uh, if you could put your two quid's worth into that, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And yes, West Ham are happy to be a mid-table team. Um, Foster almost got an equaliser for Watford, which would have been the most undeserved equaliser in yeah. the history of football. But what a save that, uh, that from from Kepa. It was a great save, and it was it was a great little story that what, uh, that Foster got on the end of it. But do you know what's so frustrating is that that penalty changed that game. Yeah. It wasn't a penalty, and for them to get within one goal, like Chelsea were then thinking, "Oh God, no, let's not bottle this." And then Watford decided, "Right, well, let's push everything forward." Well, they sent the keeper up for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that if Watford would have pushed and pushed and pushed and got a draw out of that game. Like you said, it would have been undeserved and it would have all hinged on, on a penalty. It's honestly baffling where the decisions are coming from and what they're coming. Yeah. And again, we, we're still going to talk about another one in a minute and we're going to compare it to something that happened last week. Yeah. Uh, it's just, there's zero consistency with it. it yeah. It's, it's chaos. There is. Uh, it's, it upsets me a lot. It's, it's ruining the game that I absolutely love and that's what it upsets is. me I, the I, most. I, I was a very strong, I want VAR because I want the right decisions. I, I don't mind how long it takes as long as it's done right. When you're taking five minutes and you're still getting a clearly wrong decision, I yeah. just don't know what's the point Baffling. anymore. Baffling. Uh, one game that didn't have any VAR controversy, um, but it did have controversy on a different light, was Arsenal 1, Wolves 1. It's the first time that Arsenal have played a 3pm game in God knows how long. And even though it finished 1-1, Arsenal have not lost a 3pm game since uh, 2013-14 season. Which isn't too bad. It's a nice little stat there. Um, Ober scored the opening goal. Good link-up play with Lacazette. They chose to start with Ertzil over... Pepe, but went with sort of like a, with a diamond formation. If Arsenal were struggling in the middle of the park, oh, and Shaka was missing from the squad, clearly based on what happened last week. Yeah. Um, if if Arsenal were struggling in the middle of the park, do you really think a diamond formation is the best way to go? Not in a million years. What are they thinking? I've no, I've no idea. It, I think the problem is you're trying to shoehorn players in into the squad, mm. like. To be fair, if I think Emery is now playing Ozil just because of the pressure. Yeah. He's got he's got the backlash from his captain situation. He's had backlash for months about the Ozil situation. Uh, I think now he I I think that he is and I know you lot call him a coward, but I, I genuinely am starting to see that because I didn't see it at first. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. It genuinely just seems at the minute that he's trying to keep the players and the fans happy. Yeah. But he's not keeping either of them happy because he's, it's, he's not not making, yeah, it's, it's not working out. It's not working out thing. for him. I, I think I, I think he is a manager who's 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 lost in in the wilderness. I don't think he is right for a club of that size. Look when he was at PSG. PSG, yeah, they had to fight against a Monaco side that came out with bags of cash at that point and had players like Bakayoko in the middle of the park alongside Fabinho. They had. 
a very young Mbappe who turned up to be a half decent player. Yeah. You know, and so like that year where he didn't win it, I don't think you can really blame him. But the following year, when Monaco lost everybody and he only struggled to get over the line in a farmers league, I think that really should have rang alarm bells at that point that you're not as good as we think you are. Yeah. Um Ertzel was missing in the game, considering that he started. Um, Sabaj is a fraud. Yeah. He, he's he's not he's not special. Oh, the, the thing is, he came in that first game to do a few silky touches, and everyone thought he was the second coming of yeah. like, Perez or something. And now it's against Burnley. Yeah, you know. So and you know, yeah, there was no, one I, passive move which to, to um, be fair, got involved. To, in to be fair, though, when you when you made a new sign and it was like first game of the season, you want to see your new sign and do well. They come on, they do a few bits, and you think, ah, oh, we've, got, we've got a good near, because you want it to work out. Yeah, of course. But, but I think fans that... of the team, and you know, or, or fans of football, to be honest, there's not really new signs of any club that you don't want to see them do well in their first few games. But once they go missing like that... The, the glasses well and truly come off. Oh, God, yeah. Get the decorators in there, for sure. Jimenez did score in the end. Uh, made a one in Jamu's cross, lovely. It was well-deserved goal. I don't actually understand how Arsenal got away with a point in that game. But it's another game that Arsenal have taken the lead and have failed to keep a hold of it. Um, the fans livid at the end. I was listening, I was actually in Spain this weekend, so I didn't get a chance to watch the game in its entirety. But I did listen on um, a, a live uh, national, international radio station and was listening to the game and hearing the commentator, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name for copyright purposes, Mon Johnson. Um, <laughs> and he was even saying that there was, you know, there was turmoil in in in, in the stands behind him as well. Yeah. So he was he was trying to commentate on the game and was struggling because you could just hear the animosity. Stewards had to get involved and they were getting a lot of aggro as well. I just don't I don't understand where Arsenal are going. Honestly, I think the Arsenal saving grace this year is that everyone else around you is awful. Could you imagine if there was this much turmoil at the club? And it was these results and this sort of football. If Tottenham and United and everyone else was doing well, oh yeah, and Arsenal it, would be eight, nine, ten. And to be fair, I think that would actually help Arsenal. I'll try to get rid of them. Not an easy game this weekend. I'm born. They're away to Leicester, who <laughs> looking absolute fire at the moment. I don't think anyone wants. Nobody wants to go there at the minute. In the sack race, Emery is five to one at the moment. I think that's worth a tenner. But what before? What next manager? Next manager. Well, I don't know about next manager. Uh, uh, and leading at the moment is uh, Marco Silva, two to one. And probably in third place is someone we're going to talk about next. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know if he's up there. I'm starting to feel like he should be. No, he's not even anywhere near. It. I'll tell you, he's good money though. Pellegrini, fourteen to one. Um, Twenty-five attempts from Wolves. Eight of those were on target as well. That's just not good enough. Uh, three games left to cover. We've got 18 minutes. I think one of those games is going to one of those games will take 17 minutes. Um, so, <laughs> look, I'll tell you what, I'll, we'll, we'll see how well you do with this one. Well, that's what I was saying. This will go to the should be next. But, uh, Bournemouth, oh, I keep every week on the show. Bournemouth won Manchester United nil. Now, this was Bournemouth's third ever victory against Manchester United. In their history, Josh King with the winner on both of those occasions in the Premier League, and prior to that was an FA Cup third round tie in 1984 when a certain Harry Redknapp was the manager there. Um, six hours before, uh, since Bournemouth 
We've got just under six hours since they since they last scored. But now we've got four clean sheets in the Premier League as well. well I think before we talk about Manchester United's demise, why don't we talk about Bournemouth's resilience and their and their attempted rise to to come back? Eddie Howe, like he's worried about how many goals they were shipping. Four clean sheets on the spin. Yeah, they've been they've been doing all right. Um, again, I don't want to sound too disrespectful, but to, like they are a very middle of the road team. They've got the youngest starting eleven in the Premier League, average age, as well. They are trying to build on something. I'm not quite sure what direction they're wanting to go though. Whether they are they going to try and push that sort of top six? Are they just happy to sustain themselves? I think, I think they're happy to sustain because they never seem to um, spend a lot of money. Mm. Uh, well, With rich owners. Yeah, well. exactly. Um, they, are, they are doing well at the minute. Um, keeping clean sheets against us isn't really an accolade anymore. Um, so for the first 20 minutes of that game, we looked quite bright and we looked... Yeah. Happy. But we genuinely look like if we don't score in the first 15 minutes of the game, we're like, oh, okay, pack it up, go on. But we, we, yeah. can't, we can't break through. So Because we did look good for the first 10, 15 minutes. And I, then, I love your front three. Martial, Rashford, James. Until you get to the box. Yeah. And then once we get to the, once we get to the edge of the box, we haven't got a clue. Yeah. We haven't got a clue how to break anyone down. Like... When was I, I think it's something something scary. It's months since we last won a Premier League game that didn't have a penalty involved in it. Wow. Honestly, it's months, and it's just I, I don't want to just dig out certain players, but I don't think I've ever seen a more inept performance than I saw from Andreas Pereira. Mm. For by half time, he'd lost possession eighteen times. Wow. He'd attempted four crosses and two long passes. Zero completion. Mm. Uh, he only had one corner that beat the first man and it didn't get past the second. Wow. And there were so many times where Martial or James were about, were about to break through the line and the pass was under hit, over hit, put in the yeah. stands. And you know, especially everyone, take, like, everyone trolling at the minute, you know it's a sorry state of affairs when you have to take him off and bring on Jesse Lingard to add, to, <laughs> to add some dynamism to the, to the attack. It, it was just, it was honestly... It's so plodding and painful to watch. It's just... But this is where I'm saying about he, he could be next. Now, I don't... I'm not saying Solskjaer out because it, no, does, it, it doesn't so. solve anything. Right, but we're getting trapped in this horrible cycle now of we... Okay, we, we haven't got... Good, the players aren't good enough, apparently. Right, the players aren't good enough. Okay, but the problem is the football... There's... there's there's lesser teams playing better football in the league. Yeah. So, okay, the players aren't good enough, right? But the football we're playing isn't good enough. Mm. So, I don't understand. Are the, are the players... Is it Solskjaer's tactics are, are, are right? But is you it, haven't got the clientele but we haven't got the to players to, Are the players aren't smart enough to follow the instructions? Mm. And if that is the case, do we then need to simplify the football to match the, the quality of players we've got? And we will just get stuck in this cycle of the players aren't good enough. The football's not good enough. Mm. And at some point, someone is going to have to take responsibility for why the results are like this. Yeah. And I, it, I don't think you can blame Woodward for no, this no, situation. It, that's what's like. a lot of the conversations are happening from fans in particular. But I, I, I will um, blame him. The board, not the board, but like what's the, what is the word? The the media. Sorry, they're starting to get on the boards back a little bit. But it's it's their fault. It's for, not them. It's their fault for underinvesting. Yeah. That that's a given. But you honestly, you can't tell me that that is the best 
football and the best tune a manager can get out of that team because mm. I'm not buying it. And like I said, at some point, it's going to have to start coming down to, okay, if the players aren't good enough, the problem is we didn't invest. So the yeah. players aren't good enough. So now we're at a point where we've tried Lingard, we've tried Pereira at 10. So well, then Gomez has got to come in at 17, 18. He's not going to be good enough. Yeah. And then what? And then where are you at? It looks like um, Tony Chong might be the next person out the door as well. Juve is sniffing around him and that could go on a free transfer, a bit like Pogba. Do you think Manchester United are missing Pogba at the moment? Not really. I don't, I honestly, okay, maybe a little bit in, the, in that Bournemouth game, there could have been certain passes that he would have made that would have put players through. But his effort and his work rate and stuff, I, I, I genuinely can't say that we've missed him too much because... McTominay has stepped in and obviously he didn't have a great game either on. I still love him though. I love McTominay. Um, there was a situation only doors with a potential penalty. Uh, Marshall was taken out by Lerma or was he? Um, the referee is given a corner. Uh, Marshall didn't seem to appeal about it but McTominay and Ashley Young weren't very happy about the decision. McTominay loves a scrap anyway. But um, right. This is, I said earlier, we'll, we'll call back to uh, an incident that happened with VAR. I don't think it's a, enough to be a penalty. Agreed. But two weeks on the bounce, that has been enough to be a penalty in other games. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, oh, it was given in that game, well, we should have had a penalty. I don't think the, the other ones were penalties either. But even with VAR, the whole point of VAR was supposed to weed out the inconsistencies. Yeah. One week, treading on a player's foot is enough for a penalty. Then one week... Clipping him in the shins isn't, it's not. and it, it, it's just. I genuinely don't see much difference between the contact on Marshall in this game and the one on Marnie, one on Marnie the other week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see a whole lot of difference in it. One's a penalty, one one's not. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's I don't think. It, and the thing is, you can't even complain about the consistency of the man in the middle because the man in the middle can only give what they see, and they're not the actual people that are giving the decision. Yeah. So if you are if you are going to use VAR, technically it does have to be robotic. Everybody has to follow the same directive. This is what it is, yeah. and I know every challenge is different. But if there's contact, there's contact. If there's not, there's not. If it's enough to give a penalty, give it. If there's not, but if you say it is one week, you can't say it's not the following. Do week. you think? And, and this is going to, this is going to be a very, it could be a controversial question. Do you think? With all the controversy that is definitely surrounding VAR at the minute, it's, uh, all they talk about after a game on Sky or BT, it's all the press talk about. All we talk about it. <laughs> Do you think referees now would rather not make the call and let VAR decide it, and they can almost hide behind that? Because the referee has that Marshall incident. If he hasn't got VAR to fall back on, he's got to make the decision there and then. Which is what his job is. Which is what his job is. But now there's VAR, he can easily go, listen, I'm staying out of this. I'll wait for the ball to go out of play and then we'll go watch it. You know, but the thing is, he still has to give a decision there and then. For instance, no, that, you... that one, that's gone up for a corner. So he's able to hit the whistle, bam, that's yeah, a no, corner. Yeah. And it's up to the upstairs. It's nothing to do with the referee. That's the worst thing about it. No, no, no. VAR has nothing but to what do I'm with the match fish on the day. He, he could leave that challenge until the ball goes out of play. The ball could stay in play for another two minutes, but as soon as that ball goes out of play, they can say down to him, we want to look at it. So he doesn't have to make the decision at the time of, of mm. contact. And I wonder if now the refs are almost, especially the scrutiny of the VAR officials again, are the refs happy to just go let the replay decide sort of thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure on that. I'm, and if I'm honest, 
Uh, I'm doing, I know a lot of match officials. I'm going to stay well clear of that. You'd hope not, I'm but it does well seem that way at the minute. Uh, the goal did come from Josh King. What the hell was going on with Manchester United's defending? Do you know what? It wasn't... And all the time in the world to do that. It wasn't uh, that bad. It was the naivety of youth. Um, Wan-Bissaka, if he, if, he just, if he just stays behind uh, King and puts his body into him, it, it probably won't happen. But as soon as he's gone for that nibble and tried to put his foot around him, he's dinked over the top of him. Wan-Bissaka's out of position. Mm. Um, I've, I've seen people trying to blame Lindelof because there's a click where it looks like he's running away from the ball. Yeah, he's going to his man that he's supposed to be marking. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a good, it's a good bit of improvisation from King. Wan-Bissaka will learn from that. Like, don't dive in. Mm. And it's a good finish. Yeah, um, if I'm honest, I'm flabbergasted with Man United's defending for that situation. Uh, Man United did try and create chances, but everything just went down Ramsdale's throat. They didn't try and make him move. He didn't have to. He didn't have to make any saves. I think the only save he made was the the McTominay one that was straight at him from about thirty. That's what I mean. Everything was straight at him. He didn't have to like try and like. They didn't make him work. That's what I should say. And it's the same old thing, week in week out. No intensity or desire to win the game until the eighty-fifth minute. And then bring on Greenwood and uh, make him do the same thing that everyone else. And then it's just suddenly like, oh god! Like then you see the players suddenly getting a little bit faster and like there's more more intensity and they want to try it's like where have you been for 85 minutes yeah it's too late not it's good enough it's too late um, Southampton lost 9-0 at home last week to uh, Leicester so when they saw that they had Man- Manchester City two games on the spin I think they had a right panic but I think they didn't really have much to do during the week as such in the League Cup you know there was many changes on both sides but what a performance they put in against City yeah. uh, on Saturday. Um, the game did finish Manchester City 2, Southampton 1. Gun was dropped and they put Armstrong back in, in the, uh, McCarthy back in the side. Do you think that was a bit harsh on Gun? Like, do you reckon that was shattering his confidence a little bit? Did they, did they drop him for conceding 9? Well, he played, it, was, it was McCarthy that started the League Cup game, which you expect, but Gun is their number one. Yeah, that is harsh. I, I thought it was really harsh. Um, unless he said to the unless he said to the gaffer, "Look, I'm not in the right headspace." Yeah, probably. Um, Southampton did take the lead. It was a shot from from um, from Armstrong, which was spilled by End, uh, Edison, which is quite surprising. Bad goalkeeper. Yeah, and, bad goalkeeper. and then um, uh, War Prowse was there to sweep up, and yeah, made it one nil. It was lovely. But um, after that, Southampton they played. Five, four, one, and they were very rigid with that. I, I would say, at times it was <clears> nine, one. It was. I would say it was. I thought it was really good, strong defending. But when you're defending and the, your opposition centre halves are ten, fifteen yards inside the opposition half playing at you, it's only so long that yeah. you can hold also, that. Also, I think a lot, a lot of the times. It looks like it's when you not pack the bus, so to speak. But when you defend that deep, like like they did for a long time, it looks like it's an easy job because they don't have to do much. Completely opposite. It's so mentally draining. Yeah. You've got to concentrate so hard that the minute you get a little bit tired and it will lapse in concentration. The minute you miss one runner, the minute you don't step up quick enough in the line, yeah. that's it done. So and that's you, what you happened. Have to, you have to pay attention for the whole game. Exactly, and that's what happened in both the, in the last two games that we're covering. So this game, Manchester City, they thought they, they had everything all right at that point. They were going to be three points behind Liverpool going into a big, big game at the weekend as well. 
about 70th minute, Aguero, uh, it was a cutback cross from Carl Walker, was brought back into the side as well after injury. Um, it was the first shot on target. It was the yeah. first shot on target, 70th minute, and they scored from it and won a piece. It was Walker well, who got the winner as well, isn't it? City at the minute are the complete opposite of United where if they all they need is one chance they've got Sergio Aguero they've got those kind of players that yeah. go for, they're, they're able to do it Carl Walker got the winner it was Angelino's cross who they brought back from PSV he's had a lovely season last year Foden played the last 5-10 minutes of the game they brought him on it was his work rate and his movement which found Angelino to cross it in for, for Walker's finish. I thought Walker's finish was fantastic. It was good, but it, it just shows you how hard how hard City were pressing, that the cross came in from the byline from their left back and was finished uh, by their right back. Yeah. But they, they, everyone was going forward. Ron Kidd was up there. It was, <laughs> it, was the, it was the creativity from Foden and his awareness that found him. What does Foden have to do? Go out on loan. Go out on loan. Uh, honestly, and it's not just... It, it, you know me, I'm impartial. It's not just a City thing. I honestly hate seeing Pep get absolutely mollycoddled by the press for giving Foden three minutes at the end of games. It it, it draws me mental. Mm. And they're saying, it's, it's such a flip side of he gets little time, but they'll, they'll say, oh, Pep's managing him well. He's managing him yeah. well. He, he's doing well just to not, not expose him too much. If any other manager would do that, wasting his talent, yeah. uh, he's, he, what, what's he doing? And Indeed. I think he needs to go out and run. Yeah, I think so too. But I think he should be going to somewhere abroad, someone who plays an expansive type of football. Dortmund. Because, there you go, nail on head. Absolute nail on head. Talk about three minutes. We'll give Liverpool three minutes. It's. Uh... <laughs> Do you know what? The minute the minute Villa went 1-0 up, and we will get to that, but even though they defended well for 85 minutes, mm. they were always literally sat there Counting, counting down the seconds to the goal like there, there was no doubt Liverpool weren't going to win that game and it's such a shame the game finished it was uh, Aston Villa 1 uh, Liverpool 2 uh, El Ghazi he should have opened the scoring just before Villa did I just think he well he's not a striker no. at the end of the day but if you put that if that was a striker I'd, I'm not a big fan of Wesley but if, I, if, if that was Wesley in front of the goal I've got a feeling that he's going to slot that home uh, McGinn's free kick and it was Trezor Gay's finish uh that was, uh, I, I thought you worked the line really nicely. It was there. a really good finish as well. I went to VAR. Uh, <laughs> they looked at it. They were like, "Oh yeah, no, it's fine." Yeah. Um, then Firmino, he thought he got the equaliser. Went to VAR, said no. Honestly, why? don't want to spend too much time talking about this because it's absolute nonsense. Um, it's onside. Uh, it, onside or not, the fact that they're literally doing it now down to the last millimeter. Which okay, it's right if it's the right decision. Armpits. <laughs> we're talking about armpits in football this week and that when, that is when you know it stinks it's gone <laughs> that's, that's how you know when it's gone too far we're not talking about Liverpool scoring the 94th we're not talking about Aston Villa's uh, resiliency we're talking about armpits yeah it's, it's, it's ridiculous yeah I agree Villa did put their body and soul on the line they deserved all three I'll tell points. you who, quickly who was absolutely ridiculously good and like I said earlier when we were talking about abundance of I think you might have been right the other week where Mings might be up there for getting in that England score. Mings is a boy, mate. He was, he was incredible. Mings is a boy. The only issue I have with Mings, he wears number four. He 40. was bodying people, man. He loves he, it. He he's a strong He's people. a strong boy. He's like six foot five as well. Yeah. He deserved everything. He's gone through so much aggro with injury. 
You know, at one point it's up for two years and it's come back and it's proven itself. What was homeless back in the day? He's worked, he's, he's worked his absolute socks off. He's been released by big clubs. He's playing for Chippenham Town. Big clubs. Chippenham. <laughs> big names. Uh, he's playing for Chippenham Town and he ended up getting himself uh, a move to Ipswich and that was the move that, you know, like he was able to get from there to Bournemouth. Bournemouth, they didn't really, they weren't able to do much about it. But, you know, Mings, Mings is the guy. And I, I absolutely love him. Um, Ox was fouled on the edge of the box, but before that, I must say, it was Robertson who scored the equaliser. Right. That Stained was it. fire. Yeah. I love that because Mane crossed it with his wrong peg as well and he waited and waited and waited. And you cannot blame Villa defensively for that because no. he's just ghosted out of nowhere. Yeah. How are you meant to keep hold of that? It was El Ghazi that was ended up marking. He, he him, came in at really pace back. as well. He yeah. was absolutely steamrolling. Yeah, I felt, I felt, I felt sorry for Villa at that point. I was but thinking that, that it's eighty-seven. At, at that point, once the first goal had gone in, you knew you knew it wasn't going to be a draw. You it, knew. it was coming. It and it was a matter of when or how, well, more like how. And when they got when Trent got the free kick on the edge of the box, well, that came from Ox. Ox was fouled on the edge of the box, and I felt that was a good advantage played by the referee, and they brought it back correctly, in my opinion. I was I, well, we spoke about this, and you didn't agree. Well, I, I, I watched it back again, and See, I, I, think, I think there was enough to bring it back. But what happened there is what is done there is, is, is decent refereeing, but that doesn't happen often it enough. It doesn't happen often enough. But I, what I would say, they played the advantage, and then he's taken the shot. And he's missed, and they brought it back. Now, nine times out of ten in the Premier League, if you have your advantage and you miss the shot, what yeah, happens? it's your yeah, it's your beef, it's isn't it? Kick, You've missed yeah. it. Um, the free kick that resulted from that was taken by Robertson. It was deflected. No, no, uh, Arnold. Oh, Arnold, sorry. Uh, it was deflected, and from the resulting corner, Mane's header made it two-one. I don't like not having men on posts, but in terms of the marking. Of that, def- of that corner, I think Villa did everything they it could. Was, it was so, it was so near post, like Mane's five six. It, yeah, it, it, to even to even put someone on him, expecting a header from that angle would have been, it would be more dangerous to have someone out of position marking that. And let's how how often is Mane going to score a front post flick on header? Yeah, who knows? But I, I must say, defending wise, I thought Villa did everything they could mate, in that situation. Mate, honestly. There. Including the points, they, they, they left everything out there. Yeah, they left everything out there. Well, Dean, uh, Dean, um, what's his last name again? We've got Gaffer's name. Dean, Dana. Smith. Dean Smith. Dean Smith. I was going to say to say Smith to say to Mickey. Dean Smith. He came off the off the pitch. His post match. He was like, look, you know, end of the day, you know, we did everything we could. But, but now this is Leeds that they've held against uh, and, and and lost against Arsenal, against Tottenham. And, and now against Liverpool. And two of those were five minutes to go. Yeah, it's might this might be the difference between them staying up and going down. If that's we, nine points that they could be if better you off got the by the end of the season. Games out, then yeah, that's uh, it. And over a thirty-eight game season, you could say that's deserved. 